It's amazing that Christ used a very simple method when he faced temptation. In fact, if you analyze Jesus' words, he doesn't say very much in these 11 verses. Did you know his response was not clever, it wasn't novel, it wasn't sophisticated? In fact, a child can understand exactly what he was saying. I mean, he didn't get up there and elevated mumbo-jumbo stuff. He just said, no, I'm going to do God's will. No, I'm not. And he just was so simple. He used a scriptural method. For every temptation, he had already discovered an appropriate scripture. For each temptation, he quoted that appropriate scripture. What does that mean to us today? Well, let's look back at Hebrews for just a second. Let me conclude with two verses from Hebrews. And I'm going to read you some others. But Hebrews chapter 2, very interesting. 2.14 and 2.18 of Hebrews 2. This is what Jesus, again, the whole book of Hebrews is explaining how the Old Testament relates to Christ and how he fulfills all this. It's just a wonderful book. But 2.14 says, Inasmuch as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself, that's Jesus, likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. Now, look at verse 18. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to aid those who are tempted. Jesus went through temptation so he can say to us that there hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful because God the Son has already been there. He's already been tempted through the lust of the flesh, through the lust of the eyes, and through the pride of life, through the body, through the mind, and through the spirit. He says, I've gotten all three channels. I've gotten Satan's best on every hand. And I have triumphed. Why? Because he called down thunderbolts or legions of angels or created something to... No. He didn't, do it. he didn't do anything you and I can't do. Did you realize that? He quotes the same Bible you hold. He quotes the same words you can read and you have in your heart. He did not do any supernatural sci-fi stuff. He just did the simple stuff. And he said it's through the Word of God. Now, Look at chapter 4 of Hebrews, verse 15. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are. That's Jesus. Tempted with the lust of flesh. Tempted with the lust of eyes. Tempted with the pride of life. He was sinless. He was non-ficari. He could not sin, but yet he was 100% human. And Satan got him when he was weak with hunger. He got him when he, he offered him this, this jump deal, getting out of God's timing, and he offered him, if he would circumvent the cross, he'd get all the people of the world. He, he hit him with three temptations of the same type we get. He was in all points tempted like as we are. Look at this. Yet without sin, verse 16, Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You know what that means? It means every time we're tempted, God leaves an open exit door. And Jesus Christ is standing in that open exit door and He's looking at us and He's saying, I've already been here. I've already suffered being tempted. Come on out. You don't have to give in. You don't have to. Use the Word of God like I use the Word of God. 
Say no to sin like I said no to sin. Use the Word of God. Trust God's timing. Trust that God can satisfy your desires in a legitimate way. Trust that God will give you a godly heritage in His own time and His own way. Trust God. What do we use? We'll back up to verse 12 of chapter 4. The Word of God is living. It's powerful. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. He says, use the living and abiding Word. Use the Word of God. And you also will be a more than conqueror. I'd like to close with sharing with you what the last Adam brought us. His total triumph showed us that we can overcome Satan with the Word of God. Satan's total defeat shows that he is exposed as being in line for final defeat and he can be resisted. We don't need to be afraid of him or our flesh or the world. They are all crushed by Christ's victory. We should have total assurance because Jesus met and conquered Satan. Through Jesus, we're more than conquerors. No temptation comes, but God is able to give us that exit door out. How do we do that? Well, I like, and I'm going to conclude with this. I want to read to you what Julia H. Johnston wrote. You'll recognize this. She wrote a poem about victory in Christ, about what Jesus Christ accomplished when he, the last Adam, met Satan face to face and, and defeated Satan on every hand. This is what she wrote. I think you know it, and I think you'll love it. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt, yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured, there where the blood of the Lamb was spilt. Dark is the stain we cannot hide. What can avail to wash it away? Look, there is flowing a crimson tide. Whiter than snow you may be today. Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace, freely bestowed on all who believe. You that are longing to see His face, will you this moment His grace receive? Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all my sin. Hebrews 4.15 We don't have a high priest who can't sympathize with our weakness. He was in the garden of the wilderness with Satan. He was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to His throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There's going to be times of need. We're going to be tempted. We're going to be tempted either through our body's desires and fulfill them in an illegitimate way, a legitimate desire. Fulfilled with the whole emotions and mind and timing deal or the whole pride of life and, and running our own show and doing our own way. Whatever it is, Jesus said, grace, grace, God's grace, grace that's greater than all of our sin, Grace is able to triumph as we use the sword of the Spirit over every attack of Satan. Let's bow before the Lord. If you've never done this before, why don't you, right where you're sitting, in the quietness of your heart, in the privacy of your will, why don't you just say what Jesus said? I come to do your will, O God. You know, if you settle that once and for all in your life, it's called consecration, yieldedness. Sometimes we just have to renew it. This morning would be a good day to do that, to say, I don't 
want to do my will, but thine be done. Father in heaven, where we sit, we sit before you. You were tempted in all points like we are yet without sin because you had determined that your life's direction and heart's desire was to do the will of the Father. Father in heaven, I say with Jesus and all of us say here this morning, not my will, but thine be done. I come before you now to do your will. I pray that many this morning will make that commitment and then that they will start searching for your will because it's written down and they hold it in their hands. They've hidden it in their hearts. They just need to say, I want to do your will. I want to worship you. and As I worship you, I'll serve you. And I pray that you'd bless us to that end. As we remember Satan's attacks, as we remember the last Adam triumphed through the word. May we also, for Jesus' precious name, we ask this. Amen. God bless you as you go.